Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show where we get up close and personal with rising artists. And today, as always, we have a really great show for you. We have Kaylee Rutland coming on, and she's done amazing stuff in her past. And we're going to hear a little bit of her story, a little bit of some of the struggles, and a little bit of triumphs. Um, Kaylee, are you here? I am. Thank you all so much for having me. It's a pleasure to bring you on. Um, so, so how are things right now with everything going on? <laughs> I always <laughs> like to ask how people are right now because of, yes. because of the whole virus thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. It, it's definitely a chaotic time, but on my end, I will say it's nice that so much of the stuff that I often do in person, I'm able to do just via the phone or Skype calls or something, just like my co-writes, or I can be on social mm-hmm. media to do a performance and mm-hmm. still interact with people, even though we're all in quarantine. <laughs> so that's one good thing about uh, social media and technology, at least it is for the you know because you know a lot of people are thinking we're going to have an un- unemployment rate higher than what the Great Depression had, but they wow. don't. But we, well, the the one thing we have different is the internet. So I think that's that, true. You know, that's there are lots be a of saving grace. Mm-hmm. So. I certainly hope so. <laughs> yeah. So as we get started, tell us a little bit about who you are, a um, little brief background, and then, and at the end, tell us some hobbies you like to do outside of music. Yeah, absolutely. So I live in Nashville now, but I grew up in Flower Mound, Texas, which most people haven't heard of. So it's just near Dallas. <laughs> Um, but music is – oh, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, music has always been, I mean, just like my greatest love in life. I started mm-hmm. taking piano lessons when I was six, and I think it was just something that, you know, a lot of kids' moms have them do, but it was something that I completely fell in love with. And I started singing uh, later in elementary school just kind of by accident, got given a solo in a Christmas musical. And for like a very, very shy kid, I was absolutely nerve wracked. And (laughs) I got on stage and sang, I was like, oh my gosh, like all just that first time feeling all of the nerves and the shyness kind of melt away. That was sort of my moment where I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. Oh, wow. But yeah, just continued I mean, you know, loving music and began writing music throughout middle school and then high school and moved to Nashville for college, stuck around afterwards, and here I am. <laughs> so so when you're not doing music, what are some of the things you like to do? My greatest hobby, I think, is reading. I uh, just something about like kind of being lost in that world or the storytelling really gets me, which I think is another reason I love country music. Mm-hmm. But especially right now, I'm discovering a lot of new hobbies. So I've been teaching myself to knit for a little while. I've gotten a little bit into hiking and just kind of, you know, sort of figuring out what else is the next new thing to try while we're mm-hmm. sort of all in this weird season of life right now. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely understand that, you know. Oh, we do, and all yes. That. You know, talking about the shyness, I definitely get what you're talking about because a lot of people we've talked with said the same thing where they they get on that stage and they're like a different person. They're like, this is – because I think sometimes people miss this, that, that 
when you get on that stage for the first time, you pretty much know if that's what you're supposed to do. Everybody has said that. Yeah, which is crazy. You don't hear that about many other fields, but something about music, I feel like, yeah, it's, it's definitely a defining moment when you just, like, have that realization that it's, the, it's one of those few things that really feel right. Now, for me, I guess it was almost like like opposite about um, not granted like music, but for speaking. But I remember about ten years ago, or so, or maybe fifteen. It was a while back, and Sandy was there, and I was going to do a five minute, just a five minute speech for um, mm-hmm. a business event, and I wasn't nervous, and, and I made a big boo boo um, before the speech. The day of, I changed what I was going to say. Uh, mistake number one. Mistake number two was oh, no. I. <laughs> the mistake, the second mistake I big time made was that um, my first speech was going to be in front of 250 plus people. So I get up there and all I could think of, my, my notes were shaking in my hand. I couldn't hold the notes. And I start uh-huh. and I couldn't get nothing out. I mean, I'm sitting there. Mm-hmm. Sandy's like, she told me later, she goes, I wish I could help you. I was sitting on this front row, and I didn't know what to do, and I couldn't do yeah. it. And I'm, and I'm sitting there shaking. I did. I tried to put the notes on the podium. Well, the podium was too short, so that wasn't going to happen. And I'm sitting there, like, freaking, and I'm like, at that point, I knew that I had a decision to make. If I walked off, I would probably never speak again. So I just said to the audience, I breathed, and I said, you know what? If y'all get nothing else out of this, at least you get a good laugh. And they all laughed, and <laughs> I nailed the rest of it. But, but again, like you said, that, that's when I knew, okay, I can do anything <laughs> after that. <laughs> that is awesome, though, that it, was, it seemed in that moment like such a hurdle, and you just, even in the stress of the moment, just decided to keep going. I think – that takes a lot of courage. I don't know if I would have been able to do that. I think that's awesome. I'm not saying it was easy, but I I knew <laughs> – I felt like in my heart I was supposed to speak and over time. And I just said, you know what, They are, I'm already making a fool of myself anyway. I, I, I was just glad that they didn't, like, pull me off the stage. That was my next fear. It's like, well, what, is, what do I do then? I was say, thinking you know they were going to, but they didn't. <laughs> 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 and what, what's oh funny God. is that segment where they brought three different people up to, to say five-minute speech, they cut that out after that. They did. Oh, what? <laughs> so I may have caused it. <laughs> so oh, my God. What's, yeah, it was crazy. Um, it was. So what's something quirky about you that people would find either interesting or they might even find weird. Who cares? You know, this is, everybody's got something funny. Ooh, okay. Um, well, tying back into my love of books. So my Mm -hmm. all time favorite author is Jane Austen. And so one of my favorite things to do in my free time is kind of like scour YouTube and look Mm -hmm. for, modern adaptions of like classic literature. So just like web series based on the works of Jane Austen or William Shakespeare or Charlotte Bronte or whoever. And I just, (laughs) I cannot get any of my friends on board. They all think that it is the dumbest thing in the world, but I absolutely love it. I love seeing these 
just like quirky little web series of people acting mm-hmm. out, you know, stories and characters that were written about 100, 200, 300 years ago. I absolutely love it. But you know, it's, oh, that's not, cool. um, it's not stupid because it's, it's something that is to you, you know, I think yeah, that brings that enjoyment. Because, you know, we we're all different, yeah. and 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 I mm-hmm. like that. You know, because again, we all have something that somebody would probably say, "Ah, oh, that's that's stupid." <laughs> <laughs> so, what age did you know? You know, I, I know it was at that point where you said you got on that stage and sang. What age was that? I think I was eight years old if not nine I always forget exactly which one it was but it was somewhere around there and it really was like probably the peak shyness Mm. that I ever had (laughs) and I think my parents were probably really worried when I got up there but yeah like I said it was just like (laughs) that first moment of all the shyness melting away Mm -hmm. and I was like oh I didn't know I could be in front of people and not be shy that's never happened before and and, you know I think sometimes people forget too that we were on a interview the other day where we were talking about this whole thing of shyness i think sometimes it's it's harder if you were to sing in front of three people versus a thousand oh yes absolutely it feels way more personal and you feel much more vulnerable and on display i think when it's a smaller group of people so who growing up and now were some of your musical influences and how have that and how has that changed for you as you've grown older? Oh, gosh. Well, my all-time favorite is Reba McIntyre. I'm absolutely obsessed with her. And I just love, like, (laughs) everything that she does with her career is such a goal for me. Like, I love that she is, first of all, a businesswoman and in control of Mm -hmm. so much of what she does. Mm -hmm. But she, she treats people well. She's vocal about her faith. Her voice is just incredible. I just love her music. It's everything that she does. I absolutely am obsessed with it. And that's been the same for my whole childhood. But oh wow, just as time, yeah. But I guess the way it's changed as I've continued to grow, um, mm-hmm. I feel like I've also now that I, you know, I'm a little bit older and have started writing my own music. I've also mm-hmm. seen a mm-hmm. lot of inspiration in some of the singer songwriters, and whether that's people like whose music I listen to on the radio, like uh, Kelsey mm-hmm. Ballerini or mm-hmm. Maren Morris. But it's also people that I see in writer's rounds that I play with or in my living room during a co-write where it's just other people who are doing what I do and who are so talented and they just absolutely inspire me. Oh, wow. That's really good. Because, again, you know, yes. and that's one thing we, we love about singer-songwriters. You know, there's a lot of people out there singing. And, you know, and, of course, there are some people that are so talented that they can take a song that they didn't write and make it their own. But I think it's more powerful mm-hmm. and more vulnerable when an artist can write the song and then sing it from their heart. Because, again, their their name is on the line. Their ego is on the line. Their pride is on the line. So they have to get up there and pour their hearts out to the audience, hoping that they don't get rejected. That's power. It's definitely – a beautiful thing and for me again like sometimes can be a nerve-wracking thing I'm always <laughs> mm-hmm. a little bit you know almost nervous of like what people will think I feel like sometimes I mm-hmm. care way too much about what people think like the first time even like on my like a stage with my whole band behind me the first time I play 
a brand new original, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to see into my heart a little bit and my brain Mm -hmm. and know that I wrote these words and I composed this melody. And like, I think you get to a Mm -hmm. point after however many songs you've written where you're like, okay, this is still a piece of my heart and a piece of my song. And if people don't like it, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Because it still is important to me. And here's um, some advice that you could think about that was given to me when we, when we launched a show out a friend of mine that, has done shows like this years ago. And I asked, he's from Nashville, and I asked him, what um, advice would you give us as we launch the Christian Sandy show? Because we've done interviews, but we've never done like a formatted thing. And um, he says, the best, the best advice I can give you is be authentic. And he said, here's why. Because he knows we look up to like Bobby Bones and Ty Bentley show and all that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that I inspire, yeah. We inspire to be shows like that. That's the ultimate vision. And he knows that. So he said, he said let's pretend that you, you hear every Bobby Bones joke and you do them on your show. So you almost become Bobby Bones even though you're not Bobby Bones. He says, and, and let's say you draw an audience. He says the day's going to come when your mask comes off and you become authentic. When, when that happens, your whole audience will leave you because they were drawn to the fake you, not the mm. real if you. If you're authentic from the mm-hmm. beginning, you may lose people, but the right people will come. Wow, that's I love that. That's I think something we all need to be reminded of. That's awesome. So, what drives you? Oh goodness, uh, people. I think more than anything, mm-hmm. and whether that's like in my personal life, like just kind of on my day to day, aside from music, people are what drives me, and mm-hmm. especially in music, like whether it's in a co-write with someone else and just trying to figure out the best way maybe to tell someone else's story or if mm-hmm. I'm writing by myself mm-hmm. and telling my own story, maybe trying to see, you know, how can I, while still expressing myself honestly and vulnerably and authentically, how can I also write a song that's going to touch someone else's heart? Because I think we've all been yeah. the person that's listening to the radio and we hear just that one song where we're like, Oh my gosh, it feels like they wrote it for me. And I feel like whether it's in music or not, like that's always the thing where I want someone else to feel known because we all want to feel known. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. And that's what's mm-hmm. great about music. You, the music is supposed to move you. And if it don't move me, I'm not interested. I, I want to feel every emotion in a song. Mm-hmm. And even Absolutely. as a guy, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> So when you look back on your career so far, what are some highlights where you look back and you're like, wow, I got to do that? Uh, The first thing that comes to mind was when Billboard named me one of their top ten country artists to watch. And I always say that was a complete shock to me. I had no idea the day that they posted that list that I was going to be on it. Someone just sent me a link in an email to this list, and I thought that it was, like, supposed to be inspirational or that I was going to look through this list and maybe, maybe find some, some new artists whose music I would enjoy listening to. And I did. You know, Lucy Hale was on there. Dan and Shay mm-hmm. were on there. Mm-hmm. And I got to the oh, wow. end of the list, and I saw a picture of my face, and I screamed. I probably scared my poor <laughs> old roommate half to death. <laughs> 
I did not, I had no idea. And it was just one of those very humbling moments where I was like, I, I listened to Lucy Hale's music and Dan and Shay's and I could not believe that I was looking at my face and my name on that list with them. Um, And another one, of course, more on the performance side would be uh, performing at the state fair of Texas, just because I grew up Mm -hmm. going to that every year. And that was Mm -hmm. maybe one of my favorite shows to date. So is that what's been your favorite venue to play at so far? Ooh. So aside from the State Fair of Texas, because that does hold such <laughs> a special place in my heart, mm-hmm. uh, there are a few. I think there's a few, like the few Riders Round places in Nashville that mean a lot mm-hmm. to me, like the Bluebird Cafe and the Listening Room. Just kind of being in that environment where everybody just kind of gives space for that music to be heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on more of mm-hmm. a full band festival kind of stage, uh, there is a place in Arlington that does, in Arlington, Texas, that does oh, wow. uh, summer concerts. And I just absolutely love being near my hometown and getting to just be around a ton of people who just want to be outdoors and listen to music. Cause that's my favorite thing. So stuff like that as well is just always so what's your genuinely a real joy. Play? Ooh, the dream is the grand Ole Opry. <laughs> uh, that <yeah>. is, <laughs> oh, just number one on my list. It just always makes my heart feel some kind of way when I watch other people play there. Oh, mm-hmm. that is absolutely the dream. <clears throat> so as we get, as we, get to this and uh, we talk about the highs I want to flip the script a little bit um, I like to go for the other side too because I think a lot of people miss this and the reason I do this side of it I think a lot of people um, misjudge artists they don't realize what y'all go through you know you see on Facebook where people say well artists just need to get a real job or maybe even a parent uh, they need a real job and I always like to tell people um they don't tell an artist they need a real job because they got something better, a passion to live for. And I've, you know, mm-hmm. just because you don't have a passion doesn't give you the right to tell them they need something different. This is the passion. They're, and you, you as an artist, especially an independent artist, wear a thousand hats, and people don't get that. <clears throat> so just to help guide us where I want this to go, um, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls back in 2014 um, when they were actually full-time with music. And one of my questions to Allison was, um, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist who's just getting started? And she said, coming from somebody like me who's full-time right now, this is going to sound funny. She goes, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that. And she said, here's why. Because, and just keep music as a hobby, she said, because of the sacrifices, the struggles that we have to go through, the rejection. You know, she said, if, a, if we, there's a death in the family today, tonight, if we got a gig, we got to get there and smile. We have to wear that mask smile. We can't, we can't let that get, we can't cancel this. We can't cancel that. We, there's so much pressure. He says, the sacrifices we have to make on our bodies, we have to eat different than everybody else. We, we have to exercise different. We have our, our families, even though, we're the artists. Everybody in our immediate family suffers because of this dream. So she said, to put it in perspective, if you can, she says, but if you can't, can't, if your heart won't allow you to do anything else outside of this, 
then you then go all in because that's the only way you'll make it anyways. Let's go there a little bit. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about some of the struggles, the sacrifices that an artist has to make and what you have made. Yeah, I think that is a really great piece of advice. I absolutely agree with it. And not to say that being able to live and work in what you're passionate about isn't an absolute joy, mm-hmm. but I think it's the same as any passion where it can also be heartbreaking or just like mm-hmm. really difficult on your body, on your heart, on your mind, anything. Um, certainly your wallet. <laughs> and <laughs> I think that's a really good point that I don't think any of us should do something if it's not just like the absolute like passion of our hearts. And even if doing that isn't your Mm -hmm. day job, like even if what you're passionate about isn't your day job, you should still be doing it somehow. So I think, yeah, I think it's a realistic but beautiful piece of advice in that if you enjoy music, but it's not just like the absolute longing of your heart and the only thing that you can imagine yourself doing, then you should still enjoy it, even if it's like as a hobby or something else. However, it does make it a lot harder if you think to yourself, I could be doing something else to make a living right now, and my life and my family's lives would be easier for it. Because, yeah, I think if that's the case, you should do what will ease your heart and make you happier. But if that thing that makes you happier is music, then absolutely we should all do that because that's what matters. And one of the reasons I'd like to really bring this up is because, of course, um, I've got friends, and I tell the story every time because I think I want parents to really hear this if there's any, ever any parents listening. But I've got friends of mine that's been you know, 10 and 15 years in their career, and they're like, I'm miserable. And I'm like, what do you, and you sit down with them, and like, why? what do you mean you're miserable? You know, you've got this great house. You've got this great family. You've got this great career, and then that's when they stop me, some of them. I'll say that's the problem. What do you mean that's the problem? You went to school for this. I didn't want to. Well, why did you? Be, oh, this is my parents' dream. Think my dream. Mm. And now they're destroying their life. I mean, some of them are yeah. like alcoholics and all that because because they know what they should be doing. But for fifteen, twenty years, they've had this mask of this career to please everybody else. And now mm. they're destroying. And and I want people to understand. That when if music is in your heart, you can't not do it. And you know, like with us, we launched New Country Buzz in 2014, 2015, and shut it down for personal reasons. But before we shut it down, we actually got to interview Kelsey Ballerini, which was pretty cool. Um, but we shut it down, and every few months, I would look up New Country Buzz and say, "Up, oh, nobody's taking it. The domain. Up, oh, nobody's taking it." I mean, it was just eating me alive. And mm-hmm. I remember end of 2018, I told Sandy, I was like, I hope you agree with me, but um, I feel like we need to relaunch New Country Buzz and finish what we started. I've had, I've had a hole in me ever since we let it go. She was like, no, let's do it. Let's go. Or let's, but let's go all in. And so – and then, and of course, which then led to this show and all that. Again, we had no idea. But if you don't go there, you're going to always wonder what if. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. At least if you try and fail, 
you put your whole heart into something and we're all going to fail at multiple things throughout our lives, but Mm -hmm. then you know that you, even if in the end it seems like a failure, you did something that was good for however long it was. And then you can move on to the next passion for sure. Yep. And that's, I love what you just said there because that's exactly what I tell people. I would rather run with this with everything we have and at the end of the day fail than to not give this everything we have and just not do it and then always for the rest of my life wonder what else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <clears throat> so we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to play your song after the break. And then we'll go come back and talk about that, the, the superhero song. How's that? Sounds great. All right. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out.
What a beautiful song that was. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you. Love so the much. song. Thank you. So how, what inspired that song? So I co-wrote that with a friend of mine, Brittany Ray, back when we were both students at Belmont University. And she actually came in with the idea for that, the title, the day that we wrote that song. And the minute she said it, I instantly fell in love with it. And so kind of our goal and our inspiration behind writing it was to kind of marry these two ideas, like one Mm -hmm. from the writer's Mm -hmm. perspective of lots of, you know, metaphors and superhero analogies. And then from the more emotional side, just kind of like a vulnerability and a hoping that the person you love will love you back. Yeah. Yes. Because I remember when, when Sandy and I, we, we actually met online back in 02, uh-huh, back oh, when mm-hmm. it was to do. And yeah. a lot of people think we're <laughs> crazy. Uh-huh. About you, I was, you know, we ended up, we met online on February 2nd. We talked on, I mean, we chatted for the first time on February 4th. And by February 18th, we set a wedding date. March 4th, we met in person. <gasps> so we actually, oh my God. Yeah. so I can feel what you just said. You're hoping they love you back. So, so here it is. She was flying down to Savannah on March 4th. We already discussed marriage. We all discussed that we'll get married October 5th, 02, all that. And all I can oh. remember as she starts to walk down the airport, I hope she still loves me. <laughs> oh, my. oh, my heart just melted over the phone. Y'all, that is the sweetest story I think I've ever heard. And here we are, 17 years later. Yes, yeah, still yes, going clearly. It worked out. Years and two kids oh, later. Beautiful. <laughs> and God knew what He was doing because I went through 19 years of addictions until He healed me mm-hmm. about 12 years ago. But the first five years of our marriage, because um, you know, six months I was okay after we married, but then my mom passed away, and I didn't know how to handle that. Mm-hmm. And I went right back to what I knew best: drinking and drugging. And she didn't know that side of it, of course. So that's when the faith right. in her had to come through because she, um, she went through a lot of pain those first five years. And but she never put me down. She never nagged me. She never done. She always uplifted me. And I and people always try to tell me that she, uh, you know, she allowed me to walk over. And I try to explain no. She allowed me to experience God's love through her. And if it weren't for that, I'd probably be dead today. And I know we wouldn't be together. Wow. And I feel like that's <clears throat> like really just like a rare kind of love. I think that's incredible. And I was lucky enough to get it from her. Oh. Both like y'all. Again, like I said, we like this to be a conversation. You know, when, we, when we started we the show, the Chris and Sandy show, one, and I wanted to he- help y'all tell y'all's story too, bits and pieces. You know, because one thing I've yeah. noticed out there when it comes to a lot of hosts, and nothing against hosts because they're they're good at what they do, is a lot of them give you fifteen twenty minutes, and that's all the time mm-hmm. you have. You can't, you know, so you have to only talk about music because that's all you have time for. I wanted to give a platform to artists like yourself to be able to share your deepest thoughts if you choose to, or or to share. What you're going through, if you choose to, because we, you know, you, we never know where this, where it's going to lead. I've got my set of questions that I ask everybody, but I ne- we never know where it's going, and we love that. That's right. Sure, yeah, yeah. we do love that. And <clears throat> that makes it really authentic. 
which I think, I mean, at least personally, I love, like, I love getting to meet new people and just talk to y'all and learn people's stories. Um, But I think that's also, like, really cool for your listener base, that they probably love to, even if they haven't met y'all in person, get to know you guys as well as the people that you talk to and have conversations with. I think that's really awesome. And like I was telling you before we started the show, you know, I was called Wendy on, and Sandy still laughs about this. <laughs> oh, Sandy you know, laughs about that. Why that? That's you know, so funny. <laughs> and, but the <laughs> funny thing is, you know, th- through the years that we've been married, so many times we, um, I, I would end up in a conversation with somebody on the street. And again, this isn't, I'm not talking about people I know. Look out if it's someone I know. But oh, yeah. where, <laughs> where she would end up almost rolling her eyes, I could tell. But I, I'm deep in the conversation <laughs> with them. And we go 60 minutes at a time. And now that we look back, we're like, we were being prepared for this show. Mm -hmm. So it's all coming together where I'm like, you know, 60 minutes plus almost uh, over a thousand different conversations in 17 years. And I'm like, well, I guess that made it where I can at least hold a conversation for 60 plus minutes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to listen to one more of your songs before we get more deeper into um, what we got left coming. Um, but, but Sandy, when we heard we heard a couple of your songs, and when she heard this one, she goes, "You've got to play this one." So this was her oh, favorite yeah. one. That, that, that can't is. get back. She loves that yeah, one. Yeah, we're going to play that, song. and then we're going to mm-hmm. talk about that when we come back. All right, great.
that's all the news. Oh well, thank you so much. <clears throat> that that one really moves me. <laughs> Every time oh, I've yes, it's so far, such a beautiful song. It's brought me yes. to tears, especially. I mean, again, I, I'm an emotional guy anyway. If you ain't, if you can tell <laughs> based on <laughs> the conversation, but you know that that there's a few songs that really moved me, and and it's been great because few artists lately that we've been talking with. They've got songs that really move because I think that's what's missing in country music right now. And nothing against the whole bro country thing. I mean, I like the song Cruise, but there's a time and place for that. But I think that I think that in this day and time, it's like the country music is stories. And without that, I don't think you got country music. Absolutely. I think that's I mean, I probably said it earlier talking to y'all but I think that Mm -hmm. storytelling aspect is what drew me to country in the very first place and probably a lot of country music fans because it just it's real life stories and it just feels like a piece of your heart that you're listening to yeah that's what we love about it in this day and time too and and I always like to go here with the female artists it's really tough for the female artists to make it in country right now but it's not mm-hmm. always – I mean, you know, when you look in the 90s, there were a lot of really great female artists that were played on the radio. But it seems like yeah. that's, like, almost been shut down. What do you think the reason is, and how do we change that? I think on the plus side, while it still does need to change, I think we're beginning to see it. Um, yeah. Which I hope is I hope is a trend that continues because I think yeah. more people are mm-hmm. becoming aware of it, and I know that like every other genre, country music moves in cycles. Um, mm-hmm. But as a female country artist, and as someone who has a lot of friends who are also, along with men, but like a lot of women who are trying to make it in what is currently a male-dominated industry, I think people are starting to become more aware of it and making sure that there are opportunities for women just as much as there are for men and it's nice yeah, too because it's also becoming I think mm-hmm. less competitive or at least with the people that I am fortunate enough to talk to on a regular basis there are mm-hmm. not women trying to tear each other down to try to climb up the ladder faster than the others and it's it's not men trying to stifle women either I think it's becoming a space where people are just wanting to help each other out and lift one another up. And I'm hoping that this is a trend that continues to grow because I think that's another thing that's beautiful about country music. When we treat yep. each other like a family. I love that. And, and cause like I always try to tell people, we need to hear both Johnny Cash and Loretta Lynn's. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, because you know, when you look at country as a whole and if it was all guys, it would only be, but so powerful. But when you add the women aspect, it just makes country music that much more powerful. Mhm. Yeah, I agree. I agree that you definitely need both. It wouldn't be the same if you just had one or the other. <clears throat> so as um as you know, when it comes to um an artist, there's always a team behind them. Um, you can't do what you do without a team. And I think a lot of times fans don't see that. So tell us a little some stories that you got for whether it's band members, whether it's maybe um, 
your PR company. Just just tell us a few stories of where the team around you has really stepped up. Oh gosh, um, it's honestly hard to even pick out a story because, and I say this so genuinely, it seems really like they just step up every single day that I get to work with them. Um, and right now, my team consists of my PR team that is Aristo, and uh, my and they are also- entertainment attorney. Um, and a group of guys who all have day jobs in Texas, and some of them work day-to-day in music, and some of them work day-to-day in different fields, but that's my brothers, like, that's my band, and Mm -hmm. it's when all of those groups of people, like, come together, like, when we have a really big show, and it kind of needs all of those different areas to come in and actually I'm going to include my family in this too because they've been Mm. incredibly involved and supportive and I think those are my favorite moments is when they all kind of work together because at this point Mm -hmm. in my career they've all met and gotten to know each other over the years and that's when it really feels like something special where I'm like you know what if I stayed at the level that I'm at or less than that for the rest of my life Mm -hmm but I get to keep working with this group of people, I'll be doing something more than worthwhile. And it's just, it just, yeah. that's the moment where it feels right is when you work with those people that you genuinely love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought family into it. Cause I always like to, um, cause I always ask, you know, who's been your most supportive and I'm guessing family, tell us a family supporter within your family where they really stepped up and maybe they did something and it could be something just cool that they've done where you're like oh wow they really do believe in me oh gosh well the first person that comes to mind is actually my grandfather i call him baba but he and again along with my whole family my grandmother my mom my dad all mm. of them have been so involved um but my baba in particular uh just even when I was a little kid, he used to pick me up, driving way out of his way every week to drive me to my music lessons. And just that's a time even now, like 12 years later, that I treasure just like getting to sit in the car with him and talk about stuff. But even now, he'll he'll send me articles. He'll text me if he has an idea for a cool song. He'll call mm-hmm. me occasionally and just like mm-hmm. ask about what's going on with music. He has a group of guys that he motorcycles across the country with and they motorcycled in the heat of the June in the South one year to come up to CMA fest and watch me perform at the wild horse. And just everything he's done has just been like, I think just like the truest representation of love and support. That is really awesome. And perfect tie in for our little one, eight year old that we usually have come on the show to ask one question, you know, cause we, we're like you, we, we involve family and, you know, I love it. we're going to always be a radio show that is family oriented. And, and, you know, our one-year-old daughter, hopefully as she grows up a little bit, we can include her in as she gets older. <laughs> oh, yes. Aww. He loves to be included. Here's Christopher. Okay. Uh, hi, Katie. What's your favorite food? <gasps> hi, Christopher. I have a tie. Can I tell you two favorite foods? Yes. Oh, thank you. Okay. I love <laughs> chocolate bars, and I actually love tomatoes. I'll pick up a tomato at the grocery store, and I'll eat it whole like an apple. <laughs> well, uh, I like tomatoes, too. 
<gasps> you do? <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're the best. And what's your favorite, Lucas? Uh, pizza. Ooh, I do love pizza. He could eat it for he could eat it for morning, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, bye. Oh, you guys want cold pizza? <laughs> oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he comes and goes. Like yeah, he's quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. No, now I like seriously want some cold pizza for breakfast. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, <laughs> pizza's good anytime. Absolutely. <clears throat> So when when you look back at your life right now, the life you've lived, so one song that you could point to and say, you know what, that's kind of my life. Ooh. Oh, my goodness, that's a good question. Uh, probably, and I'm surprising myself, actually, by not choosing a song in country music, but this answer <laughs> probably changes week to week. I'd say right now mm-hmm. it's the song Fear by Ben Rector. Oh, wow. And it's just, for me, it's something that I continually listen to whenever I feel a little bit unsure of, have I made the right choice in my career? Am I caring too much what other people think about me? Am I too worried? Am I too mm-hmm. self-conscious? And it's just a reminder that God's going to put you exactly where he wants you to be, and you just have to live fully yep. into it. So what's a, um, what's a, musical influence in your life that people would be surprised about? A musical influence that people would be surprised about? Yeah, Yeah, maybe Um, an artist that people would be like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Probably um, kind of one of the reasons I actually love music is a high school choir. I was incredibly involved, I mean, probably from fifth grade until 12th grade in choir and Mm. I think people don't really expect that from country singers because it was all very proper and lots of opera music and lots of (laughs) you know tall (laughs) vowels fancy dresses and singing in other languages and I absolutely love it and people do not think of that when they think of country music (laughs) that's true so if you had a magic wand right now and what you're about to say would come true where would you be in five years? And the reason, and I'll tell you why I'm asking it this particular way, because a lot of people will give you, I just want to do music. I'm looking for the deep, the deep vision that a person has. Um, February made five years that we asked the same question to Kelsey Ballerini, and she, she told us everything she wanted to be living, and she's living it right now. Exactly oh, that's incredible. The and oh, I so I like to bring that story up so that I can get people to say, you know what? Yes, I want to always do music, but it's deeper than that. I love that. Okay, for me, uh, the first thing would be performing on a regular basis um, all over the place, all over the world mm-hmm. with people that I love, with a band that – just feels like family and that makes performing what it is now, which is my favorite part of my job. And I would love to, the real dream, I'd love to be a member of the Grand Ole Opry one day. That would be just one of those fairy tale moments. I think if I could be a member (laughs) of the Grand Ole Opry and performing and traveling with people I love, I think I'd probably be the happiest person in the world. I think I would just (laughs) 
pass out from joy. <laughs> I love that. Again, because that, that takes a vision to see that. So I love that because, you know, as the Bible says, without vision, people perish. And I really, I really believe mm. that, you know, that without the vision in front of you, you'll never get there. You know, people always, you know, people always end up waking up one day and wondering, how did I get here? It's because you didn't have, you didn't have that plan of action that you're trying to take towards your dreams. Yeah, absolutely. So if you had a friend, and let's say you heard them sing, and they sound really good. They got a good tone of their voice. They seem to know what they're doing, but they've only played like five to ten shows. But they really feel in their heart, man, they, they, they tell you, this is really something I want to do. Um, I feel like I'm supposed to do this. What advice would you give that person to help guide them over the next two, three, four years? I think I would tell them if it really is that thing where you feel like it's what you're supposed to be doing to lean into it fully and do it every single day. And unless you're, you know, sometimes people will give you like a critique that's meant to help you and be constructive. Aside Mm -hmm. from that, there Mm -hmm. are, you know, I think the kind of critiques that tear you down, those are the ones you don't listen to. When -hmm. someone's trying to help you take their advice, but when someone's just trying to tear you down and make you, question yourself and what you know in your heart is right, then ignore that and just trust your gut. That's really good advice, you know, because you never know what, you know, we get so many different advice on here. So, you know, and they're all pretty much close to the same, but I love what you just said. That's, that's really great advice. Mm-hmm. And I hate that this is, we're coming down to the last question here. Cause I go all night to be honest with you. You know, I love yeah. you know, you're easy to talk to. Um, yeah. But is there any question that you kind of wish hosts like us would ask you, but never do? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, You know what? This is going to be a little bit uh, of an odd answer, but I think maybe the question that you have just asked me. I think when (laughs) people want to – no, like really, like when people (laughs) want to know, I think, how they can improve or what else – people that's what maybe created, you want to talk about what, and haven't yet. I think that's a great thing. That that question has created our show. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Because, I love that. Like, I think that's really cool. <laughs> like one of the people answered, um, I wish somebody would just ask me what's quirky about me. And I told Sandy, oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's but, what oh, that is. You know? that <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, you know, we had another person that asked us on that, said that I just wish people would, would – I love their attention, but I wish they would ask about my family or about my team. Well, that's where that came oh, from. Yeah. So we're really shaping cool. our And show I gotta say, that's one of the through. first times I've been asked that. I love it. Well, I'm glad because again, the whole goal of the show is to be different than everybody else out there. Because I know with us doing the show as a married couple, of course, that's one thing to be different. But I want yeah. something different. I I want a platform that is authentic where people can say, you know what, there might be mistakes made. Because, again, we do this live because, you know, we're live. I don't edit. When I, if I make a boo-boo, the artist makes a boo-boo, as long as it's not major, it's not a big deal. We, we are all human. And I want people to yeah. see the human side of artists because, you know, you can talk about music all day long. I want to talk about the person behind the music. I think that's awesome. I think that's probably what really does set y'all apart. I think that's something special. Well, we appreciate that. And 
we do. Now's your now's your little promotion time. Tell everybody how they can reach you, find you, whatever on that, all that. <laughs> my website is kayleerutland.com, and my music is sold pretty much everywhere that music is sold um, or streamed. You can stream it as well, and I'm on all social media at Kaylee Rutland. And I love getting to meet people, especially right now while we're all in quarantine. I love getting to interact with people <laughs> through the Internet, which is the only way I can right now. So, yeah, <laughs> thanks for the opportunity to be able to share that with everybody. Well, we were, we're definitely excited to have you on board on our show, and we hope that um, yes. down the road we can have you back on and give any updates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I've loved talking with you guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Oh, no thank problem. you for being on the show we look, today. We look forward to watching you climb the ladder of success in music. Thank you guys so much. I really do appreciate it. All right, we'll talk with you soon. All right, y'all have a great rest of your day. Stay healthy. <laughs> you, oh, all right, yes, you too. You too. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed the show today. Um, go check her out and all that. Go, for, you know, buy her merchandise. Buy her all the music because you know, right now it's tough for the artists you know they had live shows where they could make mu- make money um and all because people would buy more stuff there they don't have that now so they really need your help in all this so go buy that we hope you enjoyed today's conversation that we had as much as we enjoyed ha- having it and again as always we'll see you tomorrow <laughs>